Today we're going back in time with the stars that made it happen on BYU TV. Good afternoon. Welcome inside our BYU TV studios in Provo, Utah for BYU Football Media Day here on BYU TV. I'm Dave McKen. What a special hour we have for you as the stars of the 1996 BYU Cougars are back in Provo. They have filled this room. It's been fun listening to them interacting with each other, some for the first time in a long time, as they talk about that incredible season. The Cougars finished 14-1, WAC champions, Cotton Bowl champions, and finished the year ranked fifth in the country. Hard to believe it's been 20 years. This 96 team returned 14 starters, seven on offense, seven on defense, and the return of James Dye as the nation's leading kick returner from the year before. And look who's back with us to kick off the broadcast. Linebacker Shea Muirbrook, WAC Defensive Player of the Year, Kaipo McGuire, second all-team WAC receiver, KOKI Louie, who caught the touchdown to beat Texas A&M in the opener, and the touchdown to beat Kansas State in the closer in the Cotton Bowl. Of course, timing's everything for KO. All of us with us, and first-team all-WAC offensive lineman Larry Moore, who played eight seasons in the NFL. We'd be remiss if we didn't first acknowledge former head coach Lavelle Edwards and current head coach Kehlani Sitaki. It is their party today. One responsible for 96, the other responsible for 2016. Gentlemen, thank you very much. First game out of the gate, Texas A&M. Hot August afternoon at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Shay, you got the national stage. You got the Aggies in town. How big of a game is this? The biggest. Uh, this was our opportunity to go out and show the nation what kind of a football team we were going to be. Kaipo, what did you get a sense of about this team right out of the gate? Our team were ready to play. Texas A&M, they had no respect for us. So we wanted to come out and... Uh, so that we could play with these guys. And as a receiver, they played a straight press man. So we licked our chops and started shredding them. And we all know what happened. <laughs> Larry, it seemed like this whole season was this quest for national respect, even at the end. But as you start here against Texas A&M, you're there in the trenches. What did you get the feel of? Well, you know, in that old line room, we just we had the wrecking crew coming in, and they had all these names of people of who's going to be what. And, but we were excited to get that field and take it to them. And KO, you'd mention every time something bad happened to Kaipo, something good happened to you. Oh, fortunately. You know. <laughs> every time Kaipo got hit, I was like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it worked out that way. I How mean, about this one right here? That's just a perfectly thrown ball. 99% of the people out there would have caught that ball. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Boy, Shay, the defense came to play that day, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think they got a little gassed uh, there in the fourth quarter. I don't. I think they uh, underestimated the altitude and um, the home field advantage we had. So the final, 41 to 37, the Cougars upset Texas A&M. It was a close one, and yet Lavelle Edwards Stadium was rocking in the heat of that summer. Ko, did you get the feeling this was the start of something special? Absolutely. Um... It was uh, everything that you work for. Everybody talks about everything you dream about, you know, preparing for this first game, all the hype, and for us to finish the game off like that. It only gave us so much momentum with what lies ahead in the future. Kuiper, when you, when you beat a team like Texas A&M, you got a whole season ahead of you. Do you feel invincible going back to the locker room after the game? We felt good about it. Um, I think it definitely boosted our confidence, and we uh, started the season on, on the right foot. Definitely set the precedence for what was to happen for the rest of the season. Game number two, here comes Arkansas State. And the reason you're playing Arkansas State is because Alabama had backed out of coming to Provo. So you get after these guys. A second August game. I don't know how many college teams play two games in August, but this one was a 58-9 decisive victory. Shea, the defense didn't have much trouble. Nope. <laughs> hey, this is an hour-long show. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, we, we came out and we, we knew the game plan and uh, we just overwhelmed them. Larry, when you're playing a team that, that you dominate, how much fun is it there in the trenches? Yeah, I mean, in the trenches is always fun. It doesn't matter who you're going against. You know, but we, we're having fun down there all day long. I don't know if I've finished the game, though. <laughs> I think I had leg cramps or something. Who's that rumbling down the sideline? I don't know. How'd that guy get in there? <laughs> well, the receivers are having a field day. Uh, Kaipo, you have to feel this offense really clicking on this Saturday. Absolutely. Um, actually, this game kind of uh, 
inside store, we, we wanted to establish the run a lot. So um, we threw some, but we, uh, we definitely pounded them. I see Dustin Johnson sitting there in the front row, and I think a lot of people didn't appreciate his running style, He's especially a beast. that game. He was a beast. <laughs> if the Utes had studied the strategy for that game, they might have been more prepared for you <laughs> down the line when you went up to Salt Lake City. All right, you're 2-0. Things coming together. Now it's time for a road trip at Washington. And this was a whole different experience from what you would have the rest of the season. A tough September 14th. You had two weeks to prepare for this one. As you look back, Shay, Huskies were tough, but what really went wrong here? Uh, we would beat that team four out of five times if we played them. Uh, they, just, they just got us on a good day. Uh, we spotted them 14 points, I think, right off the bat. Uh, they were a good team. I'm not taking anything away from them, but we were a better team. They just got us on a good day. Now, I noticed that in, in reading, there was a lot to do about those white uniforms that we hadn't seen before. <laughs> what was going on in the locker room, and how did you come up with these jerseys, and was it a distraction, Kaipo? Um, I, there's a lot of uh, stories out there about fighting about socks and all yeah. this type of stuff. Um, there were some things. There's some things that were going on. I, I don't remember much. We'll get to the Cotton Bowl hit, so I can't remember <laughs> what actually was going on. But um, <laughs> now, I, what, what I do remember is we, we'd run routes, we'd look back, and um, Sark was running for his life. Yeah. So they played well. We didn't, and um, you know, at the end of it, we came up short. But maybe it was it was a good thing. Sometimes I'm not saying any of us wanted to lose, but it was definitely a wake-up call. Larry, what did you learn out of this experience? that I need to play better. No, um, it was, like Kaibo said, it was a wake-up call. It was, you know, we were flying high off those first two wins, come in there, go to Washington and play, and, you know, lose 29-17, and it's like, it's not going to happen again. Not while we're here. Had the thought of, hey, we might be able to run the table happen? No, yet? it was just, we're just, we need to win this next game. Whatever was next, that was what the main focus was. K.O., what did you learn from the Washington game? That no matter how open you are, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, learned, teach taught us how to respond. Yeah, we have to dig down deep. You know, sometimes when you you have to fail to learn and get better, and I think that's what we did. I mean, it was a wake up call, like Kako said. I mean, and we responded. I mean, we finished the, we, we finished the season with, without a loss. So I mean, I, I didn't want to lose. But I think we made us better for who we, were, who we are as competitors. What made the New Mexico game, I thought, pretty interesting, because that was next in game number four, is after the disappointment at Washington, you came back out at home, and this was a struggle, a three-point game with the Lobos. Did it take just a little while, Shea, to overcome the disappointment from Seattle? Uh, yeah, I think there was a, a low there. Obviously, there was a letdown uh, coming into the game. But, uh, again, and that's what's great about the game is, you know, that's why you play it. it. It's not about how you look on paper. It's how you play on Saturday or Sunday or whenever the game is. Um, you gotta, you know, you gotta come to play. And they came to play, and we were we got a slow start, but we grinded it out and we applied the lessons we learned from Washington and came away with the W. This uh, Lobos were pesky this year, Larry. Uh, they were pretty strong up front. Uh, were you surprised a little bit at the pushback they gave you? Um, I know we're going back into yeah. 20 years. You know, I don't really remember that 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 way, but you know, up front in the trenches, it's it's day in day out. You know, it's going to be a battle. It doesn't matter who you're going against. It's it's hard to go 60 plays, 60, 70 plays against someone all day long. But it's always a grind. But it's fun. Defense, uh, Shade, but certainly brought its A game. Mexico held the 14 points. Yeah, well, we were uh, obviously wanted to come out and, and perform better than we did last week. Um, have an opportunity to, to set up our offense and, and capitalize on and make some turnovers and put our team in a good spot to succeed. So after four games, you win that one 17-14. After four games, uh, you're 3-1. and one, And you got some climbing to do to get back up higher in the national polls coming out of the Washington loss. But there you see the numbers from the New Mexico game quarter of the season in the books of what becomes such a magical season that we're talking about it 20 years later where do you like this team at this point Kale? man you know just like you know just like uh you know, coming off a loss I never even thought about us you know once we lost it was just like we get the next game and I never even once 
you know, after the next week, after that loss of Washington, I never once thought about Washington. Well, I, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know about the other players, but I just moved on, man. And every single game was like that. I never thought of anything that happened except we're going to get better. And, and it wasn't because of me getting better. It's because these guys that are around me, the coaching staff, that you have no choice but to push yourself and get better. That, that was, it was a real good gel that we had. And, and I, I can accept that now and, and realize that that was a big part of our success. Larry, funny thing about life is you're, you're just a young man back then playing in this, right. in this season. And now here, 20 years later, you're back talking about this historic year. Right. It was a lot of fun. It was, you know, you never think about it at the moment, but you're just there. You got all these guys that are in this room. I mean, they pushed each other. They pushed me. Um, it was just, it was great. It was an honor being here, playing with them. It was, it was very exciting at the end of the year. Three and one, and uh, with a lot of football ahead. Next, the magical season continues. Dates against SMU, Utah, UNLV, and Tulsa as we revisit 1996 here on BYU TV. Welcome back to the 1996 anniversary show here on BYU TV, the year of the Cotton Bowl victory live on CBS in Dallas, Texas. What a year that was. We welcome to our panel running back Brian McKenzie, defensive back and first team all-whack Tim McTire, and running back Ronnie Jenkins, whack freshman of the year. They all joined Shea Muirbrook, the defensive MVP of the Cotton Bowl. Shea's tougher than all of you, so he gets two segments. If you don't like it, you can <laughs> pick it up with him after, after the show. But welcome, Brian. How big of a deal is it to be back at BYU? It's a huge deal to be back here again. Uh, to see everybody, to be back here, uh, it's, it's amazing to be here again. It feels great. It's overwhelming. I haven't seen these guys over in 20 years. Everybody's saying, hey, B, you still look like you put on pads right now. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I don't think so. But... Tim, everyone, when people mention you, they mention lockdown defender. You like that? I do like that. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a good name for a DB. It is. There's a lot of other names they get called lockdown yeah, yeah, defender. Definitely. <laughs> Certainly the most preferred. And Ronnie, what a couple of years you had uh, running the football, especially in this magical season. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a. Uh... It was a great season. Um, for me, it was, you know, coming out of high school, um, being able to, to, to dress out uh, and just be a part of, of what was going on was a big thing. But uh, just, you know, as I got more used to being a college football player and how everything worked out, it was an amazing thing for myself and, and the football team. Let's get back to your amazing season. We get back to SMU. The team's 3-1 and one now. And uh, here comes the Mustangs, September 28th. This is a rematch from the 1980 Miracle Bowl. First time to see SMU. This is the fifth game of the season. What do you remember from this, Brian? Well, I remember most of this game was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, we all went out. We, we was on the grind. It was, it was fun. It was running around, making plays. Uh, do what we had to do to win this game, but most importantly, it's like we were, we were uh, confident in like what we were doing there and you making go. plays. Right into the uh, end zone. Tim, defensively, as we watch both uh, plays from both sides of the ball, but defensively, and, and now you're in this 16-team whack. That's why we're playing SMU here in Provo. But as a defense takes the field in a game like this, what are you looking to do besides keep them out of the end zone, which you did quite effectively? Uh, impose our will. Impose your will. Impose our will. Uh, get the offensive ball back as many times as they could. Ronnie into the end zone there. What's the feeling like when you're in the open field, Ronnie? You remember it? Man, you know, I'm not really thinking about nothing when I'm running. Just, uh, you know, trying to get into that end zone is what my main focus was. So I just kind of blank out a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, after the fact, you know, I'm very happy. You see the numbers here, the ground attack really starting to take hold. 74 yards for Ronnie. McKenzie, 34, and a touchdown. This running game would really help this team a bit later in the season, and we're starting to see it emerge a little bit. Was it because of the guys up front, Brian, or was it just because you and Ronnie were just so fast? Of course, it's just me and Ronnie being too fast. Uh, <laughs> no, no way. It's always a team effort. I mean, it's just those guys up front. Uh, opening those holes for us, making those cutback lanes, and, and seeing that open field. Matter of fact, it's like when I'm when I'm in the backfield, when I see everything develop, it's all in slow motion. It's like everything is quiet. Only thing I can hear is the quarterback, and his snap of the ball, and it's like 
everything stands still. Yeah. And it's developing slow. So, yeah, it's, it's everybody. Those guys up front, wide receivers, everybody blocking downfield, opening those holes up for us and helping us get in the end zone. Game six is Utah State. Today, that Utah State game is a pretty good battle. Back then, BYU had dominated for so many years. Shea, put us in the, the perspective of this October 4th pre-general conference game with Utah State and the emotion against the Aggies. Uh, dirty. I mean, they were just... Uh, well, look at that, right? there. The yeah, it's got just I a mean, cosmo down. It was just uh, a, an environment that wasn't... You know, I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from, from anyone else or any program, but um, we play a different brand of football here. What do you think, Tim? I, I thought they were a pretty good team, though. Uh, they had good receivers. But like you said, we I think we just had too much, um, you know, between all of the phases, defense, offense, special teams, running games, DBs. Um, but it, it was a good it was a good game though. I like that game. It's got to be a lot of fun to have all the all the weapons. Yeah. And everything firing. And we see some games here coming up where where everything was going down. Sarkeesian was having a phenomenal year. People catching, people running, and tackling. Here's the box score: a 45 to 17 Cougar victory over Utah State. This takes us to Game 7 and UNLV coming to town. And, Ronnie, this was a game that, that UNLV uh, would, uh, would remember as, as one of your finest hours. It seemed like you had your way in that secondary against the Rebels. Yeah, I was kind of getting into my, in my own. Uh, I uh, used to play in more games and getting more touches. Uh, I was getting more comfortable with uh, running the ball and catching the ball. So, And you guys complimented each other. Brian, with, with the power power running and, and, and the speed running, it, let people say thunder and lightning and that kind of thing. That seemed to really take hold in this season. What, with his ability to power the football, how did that open opportunities for you, Ronnie? It's just uh, just him having success opens it up for, for me. You know, just uh, we were talking about this the other day, just our offense in general, just having the tight ends we had and the receivers we had just kind of opened everything up for, for both of us. Uh, but he complimented me, I complimented him, so it was, a good, it was a good thing. Brian, are you the key to Ronnie's great two-year run? You know Ronnie's the key to my success. I don't know why you saying that. Man, man runs a 4-1. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, like you say, Thunder Lightning is, you know, we both, like, you know, fed off each other. He, you know, I compliment him, he compliment me, uh, you know, we do what, what our strengths are. I mean, I'm more of an inside runner. He's more of an outside runner. Uh, we use our strengths to our, our advantage. So it inspired Sarkeesian to get around the corner and, <laughs> and run one in 63 to 28. You see the box score from Game Seven of this amazing season. This was also the game of the Chad Lewis leap. You guys remember that? Yeah. Has anyone got more hype over jumping over a tiny defensive back than than that? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. We will hear from uh, Chad here in just a little bit, and he can defend himself on that one. But uh, So seven games down, and here's what we were talking about a moment ago with uh, McKenzie and uh, Jenkins. Uh, Brian averaging 5.7 yards a carry, and uh, Ronnie up over 1,300 yards of total offense and whack freshman of the year. And what's amazing is with star receivers and star quarterback and studs on defense, the two of you didn't get a lot of the headlines, and you get a lot of the work done as we look back. Brian? Well, you know, you got the man behind the man. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you just play your role. You know, we were a team. We play our role. We, you brought us in to run the ball. You brought us in to grind it out or, or you know, get around outside, whatever we need to do. Uh, you know, ended up with us with a combo ring at the end. That's what we matter. All right, let's go to Tulsa. Game eight against the Golden Hurricane. Another newcomer to this gigantic whack. This is October 19, 1996. And Shea, you are on the road and out to make a, a defensive statement. And over the years, these guys have been able to throw the football. Yeah. Uh, well, it, I mean, it was just an oper- another opportunity for us to, to showcase our talent level. Uh, I, again, across the board, just want to reiterate that at, across the board, we were talented and, and usually more talented than our opponents. So, I mean, we went out there and that's what happened. Special teams played big. What's interesting about this team, and, and you talk to the guys, is there was such a, a feel of unity 
all across that, uh, that if you could bottle it, you could certainly sell it. Any coach would buy it. Uh, what was the key to, to getting everyone together, Tim? Jokes. Jokes? <laughs> uh, you know, there, there was times um, where they, there can be serious times and somebody to crack a joke and to let us know that things weren't as bad as they seemed. And probably was normally me. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, to lighten the mood and to keep things not stressful. You know, we didn't stress a lot about things. Uh, we just went out and had fun, took a game by game. 55 to 30, another coach. win. You're climbing in the polls. You see the numbers there. And uh, how did Coach Edwards, what did Coach Edwards do to keep this group together moving forward, Shay? Well, he's the... Um, the ultimate leader. I think um, I take a lot of lessons from Lavelle and his leadership and, and the things that he was able to teach us. As young men, you now implement into your life and with your, uh, with your children. Um, I, Lavelle treated everyone with respect, um, and, and I think that goes a long ways with, with everybody. He was able to connect on a different level with, with each of us as we're different individuals and have different makeup, but uh, he ultimately uh, knew you as a person, yeah. and you respected him. Tim, uh, Lavelle's a good joke talker and teller. Did, uh, did he uh, do his part in keeping everything loose? Yeah, he did. Lavelle was a, a comedian at heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and by the chuckles, I'm sure everybody knows that. You know, Lavelle would um, he would come out of the blue sometimes uh, and say something, and I would laugh like, okay, I wasn't expecting that one, but okay. <laughs> so you know, I, I think he lightened the mood um, by uh, if he was serious, it was a serious time. But if he was serious and he cracked a joke, it was more of okay, let's not be so serious. So, I mean, we, we kind of stayed up and even keel. Ronnie, you get the feeling at this point in the season that something special is brewing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I, when I got here, you know, I was looking like I didn't know, you know. I was looking at, because me coming from where I was coming from, you usually look at our teams and it's, uh, it, you know, it just look different, you know. But when I got here, you know, I didn't know anything, but... As we got going, I learned what a program was really about because I didn't come from a real program. You know, I just ran the ball, did what I had to do. But I learned a lot with the coaching staff. I learned football and just being around some real, real good guys, Chad Lewis, Steve, Shay, Omar, Tim, just learning football and just learning how to to, 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 to stay on top of my, my stuff. So, um just being around and just learning, you, you, just, you can feel that we were, we were just a good team. Yeah. Brian, when, when the offense can trust the defense and you can both trust the kicker, that's a 14 and one season in the making, isn't it? It is. Uh, I mean, when everybody's clicking, everybody's doing their part, everybody's doing their job, cleaning their, completing their assignments, uh, sticking to the basics and doing what we do is play BYU football, everything comes out in the end. Uh, like I said before, you know, working hard, being on the grind, being here as a team, as a unit, uh, we, we came out on the end, 14-1. Uh, Coming up next, the journey continues with the Texas Trio, TCU, UTEP, and Rice as the 1996 anniversary show continues on BYU TV. Welcome back to the 1996 anniversary show here on BYU TV. It's been fun so far. It's going to get better. New to the panel, receiver and the new receivers coach at BYU, Ben Cahoon, defensive end and the new assistant head coach, Ed Lamb, uh, first team all-whack kick returner, James Dye, and tight end and current associate athletic director, Chad Lewis. Welcome. Good to have you guys here. What a season. What a season. What, what a, a team. Season. What a group of coaches. This amazing season comes during the 25th season of Coach Edwards at BYU. James, what did Coach Edwards mean to you? And Coach what does Edwards, he still mean to you? Yes. Well, I started at Utah State. I think everybody knows as uh, to the bad blood during the game. But um, 
when I was looking to transfer, there were some personal things that I was going through, and I looked at coaches that I wanted to play for in my life, in my couple of years left. And following BYU growing up, Coach Edwards was someone, his, the way he handled his players, the way he ran his program was resounding as far as who I wanted to play for and the type of player I wanted to finish my career as. So Coach Edwards meant a lot to me as far as my migration, my transfer from uh, Utah State to BYU. Ben, how are you different today because you played for Coach Edwards? Uh, He had a huge impact. Uh, Just a great example of a guy who was consistent, win or lose, um, and just provided consistent, steady leadership. Um, You know, he's he's the perfect guy to try to emulate in this industry. See some of his accomplishments there. Ed, do you scratch your head a little bit and go, man, I'm the associate head coach of the football program that was once coached by Lavelle Edwards. Yeah, it's an honor. It's an honor. I, I feel lucky, sometimes unworthy. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's tremendous to walk around these facilities, this campus every day and think about those that have come before, the work that they've put in, the success that they've had. Chad, I've heard you talk about Coach many, many times. Uh, and he's sitting just a few feet away from you. Um, he changed your life athletically, didn't he? He changed all of our lives. Uh, his mantra was, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. And he said, life is simple. If you just do that, you're going to be all right. And I think for this program, this franchise, year after year to be successful, and then for us to benefit from the, found, the foundation that our coach has laid for so long, uh, let us come in here in 96 and tee it up and, and rip it up. And it's a credit to our coaches, the, the stability they had. And the way they motivated us, it was, it was sweet. All right, back to this special season. Game 9, TCU, the first of three games against schools from Texas. These are the Horned Frogs on October 26th. James, you're on the road going to send a message. Well, we've been playing consistent football, and the key for this game was just to continue to be consistent. Like Chad said, be where you are, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, and do the things that you're supposed to do. So we focused on making sure we played sound football. TCU is a lot different now than they were back then, but Chad, they always had speed and size. What kind of challenge did they give you at the tight end spot? Uh, I don't care about the tight end spot for this game, but I do care about Marky Atawaya, his <laughs> one run in this game. KO got hurt, and he thought that they took a cheap shot on him. And so this play right there, uh, that was that was Marky uh, digging down in his inner Samoan Hawaiian and just sticking it to him. And uh, that was big time for all of us. Big interception there. Uh, Ed, I've asked all the guys this. At this point, things are clicking, and uh, are you looking ahead going, hey, where can we go with this team? No, I, I, it's hard to speak for everybody, right, on the team, but I, I don't think at that age that guys are thinking that way at all. I think we're thinking about the very next play and, and maybe the very next game at the end of that game and how much fun it is to just, just be with the boys. Yeah. Big game for Sarkeesian. Not here with us today. But, uh, but Steve, was it phenomenal that year, Ben? I know he got you the ball. And I know you appreciate that as a receiver. Not enough, uh, but <laughs> he, was, he was such a great leader. And if you were dependable, he would feed you the rock. Uh, what I'm blown away with when I look at those box scores is how balanced that attack was, how he spread the ball around. We had weapons all over the place, and, and it was his job to distribute the ball, and he did a great job with that. All right, let's go to game number 10, UTEP Miners coming into Provo, November 2nd. It's amazing how this was an NFL season, wasn't it, Tim? He played 15 games. Here come the Miners, and the Cougs come take the field. What do you see here, Tim? Or check that, Omar or James. I got everybody. Well, no, I'm going to go to the house. What I see, you're going through all the defensive core, but I see Chris taking it back to the house. Uh, defense imposing their will. Offense just continues to execute. You know, at this point in time, people are watching us. They know what we're doing. There's no mystery. We have to go out and we have to execute. We have to impose our will and we have to kill teams off when we, when we have a chance. And you can see me shut it down at the 20 yard line. Yeah, you're just downshifting. At this point, I'm getting ready for this. At this point in the season, people were holding up signs that said, "You punt, you die." (laughs) Loved it. Into the end zone again, McKenzie, and and BYU rolling once again. This one's 40 to 18. 
Let's take a look at the box score. We talked about the balance a moment ago and Sarkeesian again. A couple of touchdowns. Die with a big return and another balanced attack. I will say I was talking to Steve a lot about this reunion. He really yeah. wanted to be here. And as cool as this reunion is for all of us, he said he, there was a meeting he could not miss. And so he wanted to let everyone know that he wished that he could be here. Well, we miss him. We send him our best. You punt, you die. James, do you like that? I do. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I do. At, at what point in the season did you come to know that that was true? When I saw the two guys holding the big white bed sheet at Utah State with you punt, you die on it, that's when I kind of realized that wasn't going away. <laughs> but, you know, if, for all the touchdowns and the accolades and the, and the, and the and scoring that I uh, experienced, I couldn't have done it without, you know, a group of guys blocking for me. Um, one particular guy I know my junior year uh, when I ran one back against Wyoming, uh, one of the Ross boys is like, next time you put, pitch the ball. <laughs> so, so I guess if there's one thing I wish I could have done was distribute the ball just a little bit. Yeah, get a couple of assists. What is it like for a returner to make one or two moves and then all you have is green in front of you? Uh, the most exciting part of it is going to the sideline and going back with my boys like Tim and Omar. You know, all the guys are over there, and, uh, you know, Chris is there. And we're like, all right, you going to take one to the house? All right, let me see what I could do. And then you take one back. And then you go over there and you celebrate with you guys. I mean, at this point in time, the games were going so fast, and we were having so much fun. I mean, we were we were finishing teams off. I mean, we we start to realize that hey, as long as we continue to execute and do things we're supposed to, maybe we'll have an opportunity to do something. So I think at that point in the season, towards the end, we start to realize that yeah. you know we we got a resurgence. So let's continue to execute. Let's take care of everything we need to one day at a time, and let the chips fall where they may. Well, the chips are starting to pile up for the national rankings. Here's where we sit after this victory. The Cougars now crack into the top 10 of the AP poll after week 11. There's Kansas State just ahead. We'll deal with them in a few minutes. But now you're in the top 10, Chad. Now you got to start feeling like you're going somewhere. Feels good. We could feel the momentum. We could feel the fire that season. That was so much fun for all of us. And Dwayne Busby, who is the assistant to Lavelle, he was preparing highlight tapes before every game. This team, we were dying to get on his highlight tape. <laughs> and uh, he had a big part of our team, and I wish he was here today. I Let's, still have the two-tape the two uh, tape box. I don't even own a VCR, but I still have it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That's right. Keepsakes for sure. All right, well, let's look at some more highlights. Game 11 against the Rice Owls. Ben, now you're a top-10 team taking the field. How does that change things? You know, I don't think it changes much, and that's a credit to our coaches. We approach every game like it was just another game, and they did a great job of uh, preparing us. And we did have momentum. We did have confidence at this point, and now we were just um, just anticipating just another chance each, each week to do our thing. Rice back there running that pesky option, Ed. How tough was that to adjust to? You know, the, the option is a bear to adjust to, and I've had plenty of embarrassing days coaching against the option but but coach Schmidt had a, had a great plan it was it was no challenge on that day uh, those guys had nothing for us here we go again they punted and well now they're dying as James <laughs> you're moving through and on your way to the end zone 49 to nothing BYU routes Rice backing up that number 10 ranking and defense again all over at the Owls just couldn't throw the football. Zero passing yards in that one in a 49 to nothing route. These games starting to showcase, Chad, the senior leadership on this group. We had good team chemistry. Um, I wish all, I wish Steve was here so we'd have all four captains. But uh, from Ronnie as a freshman to the seniors, we pulled from the top and the bottom, and the coaches pushed us, and it was just a perfect makeup all the way through that season. You see the standouts here in the senior class. James, was there anything better as a player than this season for you? Uh, this was a wonderful season. It was a great follow-up to the junior, uh, our junior season. I don't know if people remember how we ended that season. Uh, a dismal disappointment on, on ABC. It was the first time we, uh, in 20-some-odd years, we hadn't played in a bowl game. And I felt like we owed Lavelle more than that. We owed ourselves more. And so we, and during the offseason, we talked about recruiting, and we went and got some boys. We came back and we finished it off right. So that's the importance of this season. 
uh, was because of what we needed to complete from the previous season. And we met with Lavelle before the season as a group of players, and we said we're willing to put everything on the line so that we win a national championship. And he was so cool to us. He respected our time and our desire. But to a man, everyone in that room just said, I'll give up whatever I got to give up so we can win. And when you did. Next, the march continues with Hawaii, Utah, and then the Las Vegas showdown with Wyoming. This is the 1996 anniversary show here on BYU-TV. Hey, good job. Welcome back to the 1996 anniversary show, and we welcome defensive back Omar Morgan, defensive end Ed Keel, Receiver K.O. Kealui back with us, and so is tight end Chad Lewis as we get ready for Game 12 against Hawaii. But before we begin, uh, first of all, welcome back. Thank you for having me. What, what is it like to be back? For me, it's, it's an honor. I was here last year, but it's an honor, man. It looks like we're going to go out there and practice and get ready to play a game. Um, it's just great to see these guys, man. They live in legends to me, all of them. All of them live in legends to me. Yeah. Ed, how would this team do if you went out and practiced today? <laughs> I'm sure in our minds uh, we'd probably do really well, but actually going out there we probably wouldn't do so hot. <laughs> Chad, there were some great games George against Curtis is right over there. So if we if we got to go on the field today, we're going to need right. him. Right. <laughs> need the whole staff coming out. How important is this Hawaii series, Chad? Is we're going to talk about Hawaii here in a moment. Look at the '96 game, but. Overall, this seems to be a key game for BYU. It's a key game of playing the game, but also recruiting. We've got to get back to the islands, and that's one thing that Kalani Sitake has made of uh, emphasis, that we're going to get back there. So we have a lot of Polynesian players through the years, uh, major Hawaii connections, and so we've got to go back there and take care of business, and that's an important one for us. All right, so here you are, game 12, and you see those beautiful Hawaiian conditions greeting you guys. <laughs> K.O., it's like a hurricane over there when you come out of the locker room. It's amazing. You know, I've, that's the first time I was back to my home in seven years. Really? Yeah, so it was a very emotional trip for me, and uh, it was one of the best experiences. There's been some tight games with these guys over there, and this day was not one of them. What made the difference? Ed? Um, you know, I think we were firing on all cylinders, like uh, you know, I've been saying since this media thing uh, to the different media. I think our, our, our team that we have, you know, what Lavelle's put together, what the coaches put together, is it's, it's unique. You know, we had a lot of great players. We didn't just have a couple of guys. We had, it was a, it was a full team. It was unbelievable. Omar, when the defense goes over to the islands, just dominates the home team. How much fun is that? It's great. I mean, we just played hard, as hard as we could every play. We didn't care about the opponent and being in Hawaii. We, we just played as hard as we could in every play. And it showed. <laughs> there you go, Henry Bloomfield, right there, baby. Henry Bloomfield. Henry Bloomfield. <laughs> Another defensive awesome. play. Man, this was a good team. Here's the box score: 45 wow. to 14. Sarkeesian, a couple more touchdowns. McKenzie over 130 yards. Jenkins had 91. As BYU, another balanced attack. And Coach Kalani Sataki here with us. In the studio, and you just got back from Hawaii with a fan fest there. I know you're playing Hawaii for years to come. How important is that uh, piece of land for what you want to get done here? Well, it's really important if we get those kind of results. Um, but uh, I think uh, going back back to Hawaii and playing the game, is gonna, it's going to be fun. Uh, we have a lot of heritage, a lot of people coming from there um, through the islands, and uh, it's, it's given an opportunity for them to get their eyes on our players and uh, showcase what we can do as a team. And so it's fun to... To see the uh, the confidence and the swagger that you see, uh, I mean, you, I'm just watching the highlights and seeing Ronnie from his freshman to beginning of the year to the uh, to that Hawaii game, and now he's a lot more confident. And, and then this group, these these senior leadership and, and the players that they that you have here up on the on the panel, they took the leadership role and, and allowed him to feel comfortable and allowed the whole team to feel comfortable in their roles. And and uh, you see the wonderful results. It seemed like for a while BYU and Coach Edwards were the first to tap into the islands. Uh, and now then everyone started recruiting there. Uh, but you've made an emphasis to get back and, and recruit there strongly moving forward. Yeah, we just want great young men. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you're from the islands or where you're from. It uh, doesn't matter what your nationality is. Uh, I think we just want great young men like you see in this team. Uh, you see all the, all the different personalities in the 96 team. That's what we want here in this school. We've, we've had uh, that for a very long time. That's a tradition that we have. It's, it's a melting pot of great people and um, 
it's an honor for me to be involved with it and being a former teammate of these guys and uh, you know, giving a lot of credit to the, the coaches on our coaching staff and seeing them here, the people that put a lot of hard work into allowing these young men to grow from their transition from high school to, to adulthood. It's, it's a lot of fun. And you hear a lot of these guys having a lot of fun. And just, I mean, football is a great time. But these guys think they can still play. That's how, that's the drive that we get trying to instill in our players now. <laughs> well, they say that. They I don't know that. if their Achilles and their hamstrings can hang in there. <laughs> now, you were on your mission during I was. this season. I Just came... think how good this team could have been if you were here. <laughs> I know. I was on my mission, but I was keeping up with the, the, <laughs> with the games a little bit, and I was getting the um, – I, I got to play in 94, so I knew a lot of the guys going into the 95-96 team, and, and uh, I also came right afterwards in, in December for my mission. Right. And I, I'd known a lot of these guys throughout the years, and – we're all family. This is all what BYU is about, where you can take guys and not see them for 20 years. And, and we're all brothers. We're, I mean, we love each other. We'll do whatever we can for each other. And seeing guys like Brad Martin that have passed on, it brings a little tear to our eyes. And, you know, just feeling the, the, um, the brotherhood and the camaraderie behind everything. That's that, what this man helped establish here. I hope we can continue the, the tradition. All right, Coach, thank you. We'll get back to you in just a little bit. Chad, set the tone for us now. We got the Utes back in 1996. They're having a pretty good season, too. Take us to this one. Oh, this is a big game. Uh, this is such a fun rivalry. It's so great to go into this game. And I think after this game, their safety, Hollywood Harold Lust, said, we would have stopped the run. We would have beat them point blank back. And we're like, yeah, well, you couldn't stop the run. <laughs> so McKenzie, Ronnie Jenkins, Marky, Dustin, they just ground this game out. It was so sweet. This was a pretty good Utah team, too. The, the winner of this game, despite how great BYU was, the winner of this game goes to the WAC championship. We knew everything was riding on this game. We wanted the WAC championship. We wanted to represent. We had a sweet season going. Did not want to drop one up there. We lost three straight. That was too much for us to take. And, oh, man, I'm so grateful that we went up and won this game. KO, the strategy was different here. You guys like to go out and catch the football, but not today. A total strategy change, and the Utes couldn't handle it. Sarkeesian passed for just 70 yards on 7 of 12 completions, and you pound the Utes. It don't matter when you got that W, sir. I take zero catches for a win any day. <laughs> I don't know if they believe you out here. I'm sure they believe you. Guess what's the clap? Got a lot of guys who know you here. And shutting down Utah like this as the offense ran over them. But defensively, uh, what was that feeling like 20 years ago? Uh, 20 years ago was a long time ago. But that game, I, I really, I, I couldn't stand Utah. I really didn't like uh, like them. Um, anyhow, so anytime we could put a whooping on them. Gladly. But was that a sweet win, uh, Omar? It was very sweet. I mean, they had some pretty good players. Me and Tim took it personally. They had Kevin <laughs> Dyson and I think a guy named Rocky Henry. So it was, it was real sweet. I got ran over in the end zone by that big running back. Mafala <laughs> <laughs> ran all the way over. <laughs> so sixteen teams in this whack, and and really the first time we're seeing it around the country is now you're gonna you're gonna have a championship game in Las Vegas. You survive your side of the division, Chad, and you get a chance to play Wyoming, who, like Utah, was also having a phenomenal season. They were. They were a good team, and we knew it was going to be a big matchup. We couldn't wait to get down to Vegas and show that we were the WAC champs, and it turned out to be turned out to be a doozy. Went, down, went into overtime. Thank heavens, Henry Bloomfield got a sack at the very end of or a tackle for loss to give us a chance. And that play right there. Tula Mealy. Tula Mealy went down, our whole team to a man. Felt that. We went into the, we went into the locker room at halftime. And uh, I, I think most of us did not even want to come out and play in the second half. We were so heartsick for Tula. He was given a blessing and it was, it was a gut check time for our team to come back out and win that game. McKenzie getting into the end zone for the touchdown. It was an electric atmosphere there in Las Vegas. A touchdown there, back and forth for the Cowboys. KO just hung tough. And that's what that's what we want. That's what we want the best. And that's what we, we, we at the end of the game we prevailed. It was a team win. We never quit. Like like Chad said, man, it was a hit when Etula went down. I was distracted. I know a lot of the receivers were, and a lot of the players were. And then through just the, our coaching staff and through our, 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 I'll be honest, our leaders, man, our captains, man, they, we came back. We fought hard that second half. And we earned that win. Wyoming was 10-1. and one. They, too, are playing for one of their own special seasons. It's amazing how many big teams were having big years against you guys in this uh, uh, magical season. But it comes down to the crunch, and uh, 
Cowboys holding tough. There's a decision here to go for a safety. Ed, is this a good decision? Um, I don't think so. It did give you the ball back with some time. Yep, that was the mistake, right? BYU, we, we score points. So I don't think that was smart. It would be a good decision if you played in Canada. Look at that. Time, <laughs> time running down. I think Kevin's Kaipo McGuire called a timeout right, right, right there going, hey, this game's ending. Yeah. So, Potchman, who was Oop. solid all year Money. long, knocks it in there. And now you go to overtime. Here comes the defense. That's what I'm talking about right there. Still Henry. playing rugby for Team USA right there. Henry Bloomfield, beast. For sure. This, to win it in overtime, what was that atmosphere like? Oh, my God. Yeah. Look, we, we understood the Alliance Bowl process, and we wanted BYU to be in an Alliance Bowl, and we were playing for that in that game. That game meant a lot to us, and after the game, we were chanting as a team, Fiesta Bowl. We, we felt like we deserved the right to be there, and uh, so that, that's what that game was about. Fans stormed the field, KO. I think the goalposts might have come down. You're on your way to a New Year's Day Bowl, and uh, quite a moment, huh? It's, uh, it's memorable, I can, I can tell you that. I can tell you, as soon as that game was over, I think uh, we were celebrating, but we all wanted to celebrate with Itula. Yeah. Uh, Itula's spirit gave us a lot of will to finish that game. Football teaches a lot of lessons, doesn't it? It does. Omar, what's the biggest lesson you learned from this game? Uh, well, this game, I mean, like I said, uh, Lavelle did a great job of us, like, we just thought we were supposed to win every game. So even if we got down, even if we had some adversity, we just we felt we would come through. And I, that's what I, I am about life. It's just if you get down, you can you can you can you can if you think this man up above, you'll be all right, man. And he he did that for us, man. He made us feel, regardless of what was going on, we was gonna be all right. And that's what happened throughout the year. Coming up, the crowning moment of this amazing season, New Year's Day at the Cotton Bowl on CBS. We'll take you there when the 1996 anniversary show continues on BYU TV. Is that the last one? We still here? The 1996 anniversary show continuing here on BYU TV. Omar Morgan, Ed Keel, KOK, Louie, and Chad Lewis are our panel. It is the Cotton Bowl now because of a Bowl Alliance snub. So how does the team get over the snub? Meaning they, they took some teams that were, weren't as good as BYU but may have been more East Coast driven and that seemed to be how that was. What, how did this team overcome that? Just go out and win. Just go out and play hard. There's nothing we can do about what they did. Just go out and play hard like we did all year and win. Just win. Make it, make, it, make it exciting. Not that exciting, but just win, man. We played hard, and we just go out there and win. What's interesting, Chad, is the snub here really started a process, then came the BCS, and now where we are today, where this team would be in a big money bowl, uh, ranked fifth in the country, no matter what anyone said, if, if it was 2016. The Alliance Bowl system was in violation of U.S. antitrust law. That's <laughs> that thing out. So we, and just like Omar said, we had to go back there and win. And it was the first January 1st bowl game for BYU. That meant something to us. Here you are in the rankings, up to number five at 13-1. and And Kansas State out of the Big 12 at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. As you mentioned, Chad, it's New Year's Day. It's national TV. And for most of America, they just see this as a really, really big bowl game. And BYU's in it. Ed, what did it feel like to take the field here? It was awesome. Um, great, you know. We had we had a ton of fans there. I, I remember that. I mean, the missionaries that had the whole corner. I was like, man, that's unbelievable. But uh, it was it was awesome. We were glad to be there and had the opportunity to play in it. Ko, you go out there and there's a sea of purple. <clears throat> After coming from Vegas, where there was a sea of blue, and you kind of get the hey, wait a second. You know what? Kansas State comes from a big time football conference. What an opportunity! Big time. I mean, they were, they were legit. They were uh, you know, offensively, man. You know, when you catch a ball as a receiver, you know, you can catch a ball, turn, make a couple moves, and maybe get away. But, man, these guys were there every single time. I'm telling you, that, that was a great, great team. They have some speed. That I think it's Lockett getting down to the end zone. Uh, down 15 to 5. Chad, what kept this team fighting? I think we were so ticked off that they gave that nasty call against KO on the sidelines. I mean, we were so hot when that happened that uh, 
just burned us. The whole crowd got into it and uh, just kept fighting back. I loved it. That was a big Ooh. hit right there. Oh, get up. <laughs> yeah. <Huh>? What? <laughs> there he what? Is. This was the, that was the hit that was referenced earlier. Did in the I program. catch it? <laughs> wow, what a pot! But hey, uh, there again, Ko. You said every time something bad happens to Kaipo, something good happens to you. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> wow. When that happened, I'm telling you, when when Kaipo got hit, like I, I mean, I'm an emotional player, you know, and uh, and uh, thank goodness for Coach Lavelle and, and players like these guys because I would lose my mind. But to watch your brother. You know, unconscious on the ground, and and you're hurting for him, and then you have the other team mocking them, mocking him, laughing at him. You got silent laughing at him, and you just want to. There's nothing you can do except grab your quarterback and go talk to your offensive coordinator and beg for a ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I remember crying. I remember going up to child. I was just. I, I don't think he even understood me. I was like, you know, I was just talking miles, from like 50 miles per hour. I go, post corner, post corner, trust me, post corner, please, post corner. <laughs> and then he looked at Sark and what do you think? So I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed, this is one of the biggest defensive plays in school history. We're going to watch you and we're going to watch Omar as this play runs out. What are you thinking and what are you saying here? So right before the half, they ran this exact same play, but, um, and I heard the audible and I turned over, I ran that play and looked and they scored a touchdown. The guy ran a slant. So this time, same thing, I look at Omar and I go, Omar, he's going to come inside. And I didn't know if he heard me or not, so I was like, I'm going to try to bat it down. And Here it is again. Ella yeah. spots you. Uh, you're turning around. There you're saying, Omar, he's going inside. Omar, are you hearing that? I heard him say back up. I, well, he just told me what he said today. I don't think I can tell you what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's, just, it's, it's been a long year, and I, he's never done that. So I'm like, let me trust. But he tried to bat <laughs> the ball down. Huh? Yeah. Hey. I didn't know if you were coming. I didn't but, know if you but, heard but he, 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 I give him all the credit. He told me to back up. He said they're probably running a slant. But he said something today that, whew, I don't think I can repeat that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> the ball hits off your pads. It's floating there in the, in the air. Did it just sit there for a second? Uh, put us in your helmet. That was a huge play. You know what? I, I don't. It was just surreal, man. It, I, I should have caught it the first time. And once I seen it in the air, I had to go get it. It, I, it, it was just great, man. But. This guy here is, is the reason that we're sitting here right now. Yeah. Most definitely. He told me to back up. Good job, Ed. <laughs> he said more than that. but <laughs> Guys, thank guy. you very much. An amazing year. Here are the accomplishments again. First NCAA season with 15 games. They win 14 of them. Finished fifth in the AP and coaches poll. A 14-1 season. One of the greatest seasons in the history of BYU football. We salute Coach Edwards and Kalani Sataki moving forward with 2016 and his first season as head coach. 1996, thank you for being here and thanks for watching. Media Day coverage continues here on BYU TV. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good.